What's up, my loves? What's up, Divine Feminine, Divine Masculine, Divine Gang Gang? This one's going to be really short. I know sometimes I start off by like, yeah, and then 30 minutes later, I'm still going. But this one, I think I'm going to keep it short. I'm going to put the plate on the table. And then once you guys start putting the different comments or the ingredients onto the plate, kind of like potluck, potluck style and give me your input, then I think we'll go ahead and revisit. I'll read, read some of your comments and start a dialogue. I'm hoping at some point we'll have more of a panel. And if that means I have to create a space on YouTube for us to have this conversation, we'll just schedule a date and be like, okay, everybody to YouTube, let's meet on a Sunday at 11 Pacific Standard Time and go in. You probably can see by the um, title of this podcast, I'm going to put it out there. I think that people who are not not just anybody, right? Um, I think that if it's Black people who are from America, who um, are specifically foundational Black Americans and African descendants of slaves, because I do strongly believe that those are the only people that qualify for the reparations. I don't think it should be going anywhere else. Now, this is a very interesting topic, because if you're going to tell me that any and everybody should be able to benefit from it and... um, a rising tide benefits all boats. Okay, well then let me find out how to get reparations um, to count as a Jew. Please let me find out. Please put it in the comments how all of us who want to today can go and qualify to get reparations for um, being Jews. Because what a lot of people don't understand is to this day, they're still paying taxes for the Jewish Holocaust. Um, in President Obama's terms, I don't remember if it was the first or the second term, I think it was the second term, he signed a bill for the Jews to get an additional distribution of reparations, right? So don't don't come at me with, the, you know, everybody should be entitled and who's not entitled. I already have a couple of podcasts talking about why there needs to be respect put on um, why um, American descendants of slaves and foundational back Americans are entitled to reparations. And I go in on, <clears throat> you know, we have laws to this day that state that if you do the work, you cannot withhold somebody's paycheck. We have laws for that, right? So these people did the labor. They didn't, they were not paid for their labor. And that money needs to be distributed. I ta- um, I talked to you guys about how there's a uh, Venus retrograde that's coming up, but there's a placement in Taurus that is going to facilitate the transfer of wealth from people who have been unjust and unfair in getting their gains. That sevenfold um, repayment is going to come collecting and knocking on the door and karma, and it's going to fill the void of people that they took advantage of. Um, so I'm not saying that we're going to get reparations in, in December with that retrograde. No, but I'm saying that it's, um, you're going to start to see it taking place almost like with the seven plagues, right? Like little by little time over time, there's going to be little parts of restorative justice. As I'm recording this, it is October, mid October of 2021. And when I tell you the retrograde that we're going through right now, when I tell you I saw with my very own eyes the be- you know some of the beginning phases of restorative justice and what it means for reparations and what it means for 
um, not so much reparations, but as, as much as restorative justice, right? The, um, what it, there's a term that's called like the something is being set. The stage is being set. The stage is being set. Um, you look at what happened with the person who, the firefighter who was who was paid $11 million um, for discrimination on the job. When you look at the um, Tesla employee that was paid $135 million for the discrimination he placed, faced on the job. When you look at the, um, and I have to talk about the Bruce's Beach thing that's going on right here in, in Manhattan Beach in California. Um, there's a little bit of restorative justice. Newsom gave the family the property back, but the city still refuses to apologize. But like I said, the stage is being set. Um, Divine Source is starting to move the ball in that direction. So, and I have also addressed in previous podcasts that reparations are going to get paid. Trust and believe. I just hope that I live long enough to see it. Um, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And when you look at the scripture, it talks about how um, anything that is stolen from you must be restored sevenfold. And when we talk about somebody be, being paid $11 million for discrimination on the job, that's more than sevenfold. But I'm telling you, the payback is going to be hefty. And I think that a lot of people um, that know this, the powers that be, they know this, you know? And that's why they try to fight these type of these type of conversations, and they're doing it on all different fronts, right? Even with the social media and the programming and the curriculum that's going on, those areas are being affected. But um, I think I, I probably will go ahead and and put up a petition on um, change.org. It's going to be under Joan of Arc. I went ahead and did one for DoorDash just to get the ball rolling. Um, at, um, getting a petition for people who want to add soul food as a niche, along with um, Mexican, Asian, Filipino, Thai, Mediterranean, Japanese, Chinese food. Those niches are already up there, but there's nothing to represent any type of African American food or so. And and um, if from what I when I did my research, because I talk about it in the on the petition on change.org. Um, from what I understand, they're basically sanctioning like 21 restaurants, but and they and when you have to quote when you have to apply to get your business to show up as a quote unquote black owned business, um, it's only for certain markets for approved markets, but you don't see that same language for Mexican food like i can type in mexican food in chino victorville detroit florida different states ohio colorado and it's gonna populate so in a way it's like they're purporting to um represent but yet still under representing and for you to find these restaurants um you kind of have to go above and beyond and drill down to even find them which i think is a severe disjustice if you you know they have all of these articles talking about how they want to represent, but it's just a whole bunch of like um, air hustling. So I just want to hold them accountable to that. So I say all of that to say I, I did go ahead and make a petition asking for that niche to be added there. I kind of talk a little bit about the um, rationale behind it and how it's affecting Black business, people who are Black business or Black restaurant owners. It's this. Uh, 
disproportionately affecting them because they're not able to get the marketing that all the other niches are getting. It's not driving traffic to their restaurants the way that it is for all the other niches. So I say all that to say is that um, I probably will go ahead and put up an initial draft um, on change.org that's going to say, listen, if you are and it's for a specific category of people. I know there's going to be trolls, but um, if you are an American descendant of slaves or a foundational Black American and you do not believe that Black people, you know, that fall in that same category, if you do not believe that they should get um, reparations, I feel like you should sign away your rights, like here and now. Sign away your rights, sign the petition. And because when reparations are served, when they're when they're distributed, um, you need to make sure that you do not benefit from any of that. Okay. So um, I'm gonna probably do that in the next day or two. I will just and um, from what I understand, with change.org, like I could probably keep going and putting in updates. Um, and when you sign the petition, you can also put your comments. So if you believe that even though your parents, your your grandparents, um, your great-great-grandparents were slaves and that they had um, free labor, um, that you and your family are not entitled to it. Now, I will say this. I'm not going to try to talk you out of it, but one of the podcasts I'm going to do is I'm going to say, you know, for those of you who are on the fence, it, to me, it's kind of like, if you don't see the the need for reparations for yourself, do it for your children. Do it so that by the time you pass away and your children, you know, I don't know how long it's going to take. It's been 400 years um, of slavery and that type of thing that we're, we're coming up on the, the verge of, right? So it's like, if you knew that you have the opportunity that you, that's your lineage and that your children could benefit um, from what you're your great 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 grandparents did um, to make sure that they have a legacy, that they have real estate, that they can. Because when you look at a lot of the wealthy um, Caucasian class, you start to see the the Paris Hiltons who are hedge fund babies. But that's because they've been amassing generations of wealth, right? So, like when you talk about me breaking generational curses, the way I have things set up, like. I'll be able to enjoy, like, as long as Yahuwah sees a fit for me to live long enough to step into that prosperity. Not only will I be able to be able to enjoy it, but it's so easy for me to set up a um, trust fund that continues to compound the interest in that fund for my godchildren and for my niece so that they can live off the interest. And so if they're just living um, very comfortably off of the interest and this, these funds continue to compound for years when they're teenagers. I have a um, godson who just turned two today, and I put something in there for him that he can start to draw funds from when he's 18 or 19 or set it up to where he gets it distributed at different ages. You take a couple of coins and you let that compound over years. That's what these other upper crust, when you talk about... Um, the Martha estates, like the, the, and all these vineyards, Martha's vineyards, and you talk about um, the, the Hamel, no, no, the Hamptons. When you talk about the Hamptons, which are basically leg years and years of legacy, after a while, you just start. So 
you know, and, and the funny thing to me is, and I said this was going to be short, but let's just go through it, right? Listen, if, if, if I could get 40 people to work for me for 40 years, 40 hours a week, and not have to pay them, tell me where I can do that, please. Because I know how to 10x stuff now, too. I would have employees putting together my bracelet business, selling off the inventory for my eyelashes. I would have um, different people representing me going out to do the real estate, booking my appointments, and I don't have to pay them. So not only do I not have to pay for labor, but you mean to tell me I get to benefit off of all of the results of their labor? Oh, honey. Honey, 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 I'd be rich. I'd be filthy. 40 years of free labor from 40 people? 40 hours a week? My house would be set. I wouldn't have to lift a finger. My meals would be cooked. And I don't have to pay for the labor? I have somebody to take care of my children, drive them around, chauffeur, and I don't have to pay? And then I put a couple of people to work for um, income generating activities. I really could just get go to the bank and get financing and get a, an orange grove and put some people to work to pick some oranges for me. And avocados is another huge um, lucrative and, and get me a vineyard too. So I'd get oranges, avocados, and a vineyard. And I could get, I could put 10 people on each um plot of land and have them pick it package it drive it to the store have them collect the paycheck and bring it to me and i don't have to pay them for the labor and i did that for minimum 40 years and then if they had children on my watch those children are now my employees too and i pass those quote-unquote employees on to my children you see what i'm saying so to me, it's interesting. It's kind of like if you don't see the, the the need to fight for yourself and, you know, you feel like, well, I've done good for myself. I've pulled myself from my bootstrap, so I'm not entitled to, you know, because I, I have used this analogy before, too. That's like my dad going to work for 40 years. He just retired like three years ago. If he had been going to work, he's not away from his from his wife and kids majority of the time. Right. And works all those 40 years, he wouldn't have been able to provide and put a roof over my head and send me to private school and, um, ha- you know, be able for us to be able to travel and do some of the nicer things, you know, because he would have been bringing home zero dollars, right? But because he was able to get the, the paycheck, we're able to have several properties and, and international properties and be and get through you know allow me to be able to uh, take advantage of going to, to college and working my way up to a to a phd if i if i really wanted to complete that right so and if he had passed away for whatever reason that salary wouldn't have gone to the school it would have gone to his wife because like i said there's rules there's laws in place that if somebody does the labor you cannot withhold their check so how is it different now Right. And the messed up thing is if you don't see the the need to 
oh, I don't know how to say it. Like, um, if you don't see the need to avenge what happened to your ancestors, then you are not going to have that same idea. It's going to spill over into how you treat your children. I can guarantee you this. I can guarantee that if you don't see the need to avenge what was done to your parents, um, to your ancestors, when it comes to your children, I bet you that they're not, you're not even advocating for them the way that you should, you know, and it comes down to things like, for example, you could have quote unquote worked very hard and gotten yourself a career. Maybe you're a doctor or a lawyer and you have the nicer things, but you're not willing to avenge and fight for your, so you have, let's say you have a, a nice house and several properties you're comfortable with paying um, 13% more in taxes on that property and you're willing to pass it on to your children and have them continue to take on that 13% taxes. But if you were to say, wait a minute, 13% would be better spent in my household with my children to pass it on to them that they can use in better ways. Let me go talk to my council member. Let me go talk to these banks. Let me go fight for the right so that when my children, when I pass this property on to my children, they're not having to pay 13% more for no other reason other than that they're black. And there's studies on this. I actually did a podcast a couple um, back. And if you Google that title, you're going to see um, the article. And in that article, there's a um, very well done, like a chart that shows the discrepancies between majority black owned um homeowners property values and in the same city same state and same city if it's majority white neighborhood with only with less than one percent um black homeowners the it's a very disproportionate value they're severely undervalued one of them was as much as 17 percent where the value for black owned majority if you owned a home in a majority black neighborhood your house was like a worth a valued at an average of 131,000, but in that same city, if it was a majority white neighborhood, it was valued at $793,000. That's a $600,000 discrepancy for no other reason other than you're black. But we're okay with that. And we're complacent with that. And you've pulled yourself up by your bootstraps, but you're passing, even you pass over that hard earned, because guess what? Wouldn't you want your property that you worked just as hard? You spent the same four years in college like they did to, to own a property. You um, did everything responsible to be an upstanding citizen. You pay your taxes just like the down the street, down the neighborhood, majority white neighborhood. Don't you think that if for anything you deserve to have your home valued at for 600000 more like them? And if for nothing, don't you think your children deserve that? I mean, come on, like, let's really talk the, the, the money. Let's talk numbers. Because one of the biggest things when you talk about how it was, um, this, that, that article was in 2018. And I'm cracking myself up because I come on here and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to make a title. I don't have no notes. Okay, when you talk about that article from 2018, at that point, it, the um, houses were undervalued at 156 billion, B as in boy, billion dollars. <clears throat> 
And so what I liked about the article is that they really hit home, um, drove home some critical points, which was part of the, the reason that real estate works for you to build generational wealth is that you can borrow against the value of the home to send your kids to school, to send them to university so that they can be doctors, so that they can be um, income producing um, citizens and be self-sufficient. But when you take that ability away from them, it leads to exactly what we're dealing with right now. And I think it's it's so fascinating, like um, the Black community is one of the hugest spenders in terms of the trillions of dollars that we contribute to the economy. Um, but a lot of these things, like even being taxed, where our value is our, the, our real estate property values are undervalued and then we're overtaxed. You're paying 13% more than your white counterparts in the same city, but your houses are worth less. Let's really follow this money. Like, I really want us to focus on the numbers. I really want you to start to think about what you can do with that 13%. And this is probably the perfect time to do it because we're in the middle of a pandemic where some of, maybe some of the very same people who are rationalizing that they don't need, you know, because let's not, let's be clear. This is not a handout. It's not no handout. My dad, the retirement funds that he's living off of, there's no handout. He showed up to work every day, bright and early, to teach those badass high school kids, you know what I'm saying, for 40 years, 40 hours or more per week, I'd see him coming home tired. So there was no handout. There is no handout about working in the fields in the brutal sun with barely any food. Sometimes they didn't have clothes. They would have children. I talk about 40 years. They had children picking cotton from the time that they were school age, from the time that they, so they didn't even get the chance to go to school or it's not even like they say, to say they had the parents in the field and the children could at least go to school and learn and then go on to be engineers or be a technician or go into construction. They had these babies out there. So they had them working for upwards of 40 years and they were property. So it's not like, well, um, you're 70 now, we're going to retire you. And then you basically work until your dying breath. So when I say that I'm using the analogy of like, let me have 40 people for 40 years, 40 hours a week at no for no cost for labor. Let's just say that they let them go when they were 70, right? Go Go where? They don't have the means to accrue wealth, to have a roof over their head, to put clothes on their back, to feed themselves. Their children can't provide for them because they're working for NASA. So you can miss me with that whole handout shit. One last thing I wanted to address with that too is that, you know, they will say, well, I don't have any slaves. I don't know anybody that has slaves. Listen, as a society, everybody benefited from that. And there are institutions, including the banks, anything that has to do with stocks and bonds, Black people were the original stocks and bonds in shadow slavery. So everybody can get it from the railroad system, the education system, the Catholic church, churches were very much involved in slavery and there are stats on that. Um, A lot of these banks, a lot of these insurance companies were also involved. If you pull up the records on a lot of these insurance companies, you will see that they um, had stocks and bonds for for slaves, right? 
Um, and the other thing I wanted to say about that too is you can miss me with talking about, well, I don't own any slaves. You are still paying taxes for a Holocaust, the Jewish Holocaust that did not happen on U.S. soil, and you have zero problems with it. You have zero problems with it, okay? You are paying the Native Americans for what they went through. You are still paying the Japanese and the Chinese for whatever happened with Pearl Harbor, and you don't have a problem with that, and that didn't even happen on U.S. soil, so you can miss me with that. But I say all of that to say... (laughs) I really crack myself up, but I say all of that to say is I'm going to, and, and it'd be funny to see, like, you guys, let's just look and see how many people are willing to sign away their rights. At that point, I don't care. Um, but if you believe that you being, and this is very specific category, this is not for Haitians, for Caribbean, for, um, I don't know, Dominican, Black Cubans, Black Canadians, no, this is for if you are a foundational Black American or African, I mean, American descendant of slaves, and you want to sign away your rights, where you're willing to be adamant and bold and say, I don't think that we deserve reparations, then go ahead and sign the petition. You're going to be able to find it on change.org probably towards the end of October 2021. And when reparations are paid, I'm pretty sure that at some time... point in time the records will stand them stand for themselves um but i might have a team um and even have a trust to where when reparations are paid out that that list can be presented to legislators and lawmakers and people who are responsible for distributing reparations um nationwide that you are eliminated from that process but you shouldn't have a problem with that, though. But that 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 will be afforded to you. That opportunity will be afforded to you. Okay. So I'm gonna sign off. Like literally, you guys. I thought I was just gonna make this two minutes, but there you go. There you have it. All right. I'm gonna put a poll. I'm gonna put a poll um, in the with this podcast. And same thing. If you fall in that category, if you're a foundational Black American or American descendant of slaves, and you feel you you do not you should not be entitled to um, reparations, go ahead and comment below, take the poll. I'll read the comments at a later time once we have more, and we'll just take it from there, okay? And it's kind of funny because I'm laying out some of my thoughts behind it, but I am by no means trying to talk you out of if you feel that, you know, it's a handout and it shouldn't be given, um, then by all means, but I was just kind of talking through some of my thought process. All right. So I'm going to sign off. I'm charging you with, with um, light, charging you with black light because black light illuminates invisible. I'm charging you with love, charging you with meeting the love of your life, charging you with health, with wealth, with wisdom and prosperity. Until the next podcast, peace.